Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Clever Girls Know podcast. This is Bola. I'm the founder and CEO of Clever Girl Finance. So my second book, Clever Girl Finance, Learn How Investing Works, Grow Your Money, comes out on October 20th. And so over the next several episodes, I'm going to be sharing interviews of the incredible women I interviewed in the book here on the podcast. You'll hear them talk about their investing strategies right now, given that we're all navigating through a pandemic, as well as their plans to invest for the future. And they'll also be sharing their experiences of getting their finances to where they are today. And so their stories and their journeys will inspire you. So be sure to tune in. If you haven't already ordered a copy of my new book, you can do that everywhere books are sold online and it is available as an ebook, audiobook, and a physical book. You can also purchase it at your local bookstore and if they don't have it, you can request that they order it and you can also request that your local library orders the book as well. Finally, I'd love for you to subscribe to this podcast and you can do that everywhere you listen to your podcast episodes. And if you love what you're listening to, please head on over to iTunes and leave a review so that other amazing women just like you can find this podcast as well. Okay, so let's get into this episode. I am super excited to have a special guest with me. Her name is Nicole Hatcher, and I had the pleasure of interviewing Nicole for my upcoming book called Clever Girl Finance, Learn How Investing Works, Grow Your Money. And Nicole is going to share with us how she has been navigating investing um, given the season and just her investing strategy in general as a way to inspire and motivate you as you think about investing as well. So welcome, Nicole. I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you, Bola. I'm super excited to be here as well. And I would love for you to tell everybody who you are and what you do. Sure. Well, my name is Nicole Hatcher and around the internet, I'm known mostly as a money coach. <laughs> I am also a wife and a mother of three children. And during the day, during my day job, I'm a physician assistant. I'm a certified PA and I am just an all around budget nerd budget nerd, money nerd, personal finance nerd. I love it. And I love following you on Instagram. You also have an incredible YouTube channel, Frugal Chic Life, um, that everybody has to check out. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs> uh, so, you know, like with everyone else, um, you know, we've been navigating this pandemic. Um, we all experienced the wild ride of the stock market not too long ago. And you had put a post on Instagram saying that if you had decided to sell at the time that things were really going crazy, which a lot of people were doing selling, you would have lost $120,000 in your portfolio. That is insane. So just given that amount that you didn't lose, by the way, because you didn't sell. And just given the, the behavior of everyone panicking when things like this happen, I'd love for you to share how did you keep your cool and how do you navigate your emotions as you invest? Yeah, well, <clears throat> I think this downturn was totally different from some that we've seen before. I was around in 2008 when we had the Great Recession and yeah. things were a lot different back then. Uh, I was just starting out in the workforce and I did not have a whole lot to lose. I had one child at the time and my husband and I had just bought a property and we really hadn't done a whole lot in terms of investing. So fast forward from there to 12 years later, this was entirely different. But, you know, it was just a crazy time with the pandemic. Everything is still kind of evolving and ongoing. And first off, it was just like, what's going on, how to keep the family safe. I really didn't have a whole lot of time to really worry about my portfolio too, too much. But then when I finally did have a chance to look at it, it was pretty scary 
looking at the balance go down day by day. And it went down like really, really quickly, which was kind of crazy. Um, I think it was just yeah. uh, <laughs> a crazy time in general. It's still a crazy time in life. And I really had to put things in perspective and say, you know what? The portfolio is what it is. I'm a long-term buy and hold investor. I have time to ride out these waves. The market always comes back, at least thus far it has. And uh, I just let that be my guiding light as I navigated the, the downturn that we experienced in March. Yeah, I agree. It happened really quickly. And just like, you know, I was in that space where I'm like, oh my God, I'm worried about my family. I'm worried about people's safety. Because in March, we didn't really know much about anything other than people were dying. And there was this deadly virus out there. We didn't have a lot of information. We didn't really know what the statistics were, none of that stuff. And so just like you, it was less about the portfolio, but more about safety. But then when I did look, I was like, oh my God, you know what? Just delete the password. <laughs> Keep <Right. it. laughs> Yeah, it's kind of like, you know, watching a train wreck or a bad accident. It's like, you know, you shouldn't look, you know, you're going to have nightmares, you know, you know, you're going to be afraid, but you just can't peel your eyes away from it. And so I knew I shouldn't log in, but I did anyway, just like you. And, uh, you know, you had that stomach drop moment when it's just like, did I really just see a digit disappear from my account balance, like an entire digit? Um, did that account just go from six figures down to five? And this is money that I've saved over years. And it's just like, gone in a matter of days. <laughs> but the thing that I kept reminding myself is that the loss is not real. It's not real. I see it on, on paper, but it's not real. The only way that loss becomes real and I lock in those losses is if I panic and decide to start moving things around and selling things off. And so I just kept telling myself that it's going to come back. It's going to come back. I'm a buy and hold investor. I just ha kept having to remind myself. And a part of what I was doing on Instagram as I was sharing those different posts was that I was trying to keep myself motivated and keep my hands off of my accounts. <laughs> so anytime I'm sharing that type of information is more, it's for me just as much as it is for anybody who's coming across that information as well. Yes, you know, and I definitely had to talk a lot of people off the ledge. And, you know, like you, I'm also a buy and hold investor. We have long-term objectives that we're working towards and we know, you know, okay, this is what we need to start getting more conservative. But I, you know, you, for you to be a buy and hold investor, for you to not have, I guess, gone crazy and said, you know, what, we need to sell, you had to have had a backup plan in place, your emergency savings, so that you could continue to navigate this crazy time, regardless of what happened, right? And I think that's something that's really, really important for people to have. Like, before you start to go all in with investing, make sure that you can live now as life is happening now, so that when these wild rides happen, you're not panic selling, you're not like selling at a loss, like you said, that you're actually realizing and you're able to ride it out, right? Absolutely. Like that's one of the things that I talk about too as a money coach is that I know investing is exciting, especially when the market is high. Everybody thinks they they are a master investor at that point. But you know, that's all great. Investing is wonderful, but you have to have a solid foundation. You have to have command over your money. You have to be on a budget and know where your expenses are and what's coming in and what's going out. And I think if anything, one major money lesson coming out of this entire pandemic season is that we really need to have a whole lot more money in our emergency funds than we initially thought. This was unlike any type of emergency any of us have ever experienced in life. And it was one of those situations where I just felt like I needed to have a ton of cash on hand. And it's amazing just how things work and how God works because just like maybe six months to a year before the pandemic, 
I just had this feeling in my gut. I need to save more cash. I need to have more cash on hand. I have too much money in the market. I need to get more cash on hand if a downturn does come. And I started ramping up my savings rate. And lo and behold, here comes the pandemic. And so you're correct. That really played a big role in being able to ride out the wave because I didn't have to reach into those investments to fund my life right now, to make it through and to weather the storm. I had some cash on hand that would have kept my family afloat for quite a bit, even if the market had not turned around as quickly as it did. That's divine. God telling you, listen, girl, get it together. Look, get it together. <laughs> like when those downloads come, I'm like, I hear you, Lord, I'm listening. <laughs> and it always, uh, it always works out the right way. Yes, yes. I know what's so funny. I actually wrote the book last year. Well, there's a section of the book where I talk about recessions and navigating downturns. And then there's a small section where I talk about, and if a pandemic were to ever happen, like who would have known? I, I was just writing, right? Like imagining worst case scenario. It's so crazy, but thank God we're all getting through it. And, you know, we can have this conversation, we can laugh, you know, and know that you know, God willing, we're going to get to the other side of this. So, Absolutely. <laughs> you talk about long-term investing, and um, that's just a consistent theme with every woman that is in the Clever Girl Finance book with what I feel about investing as a, is mm -hmm. a long-term play. But a question that people ask me is, well, I'm not sure what my long-term goals should be. How do I define my long-term goals? So I'd love for you to share what some of your long-term goals are and how those goals has, have evolved as you have transition in life, like, you know, having kids, um, et cetera. Oh yeah, absolutely. Having kids changes everything. <laughs> so it's, it's one of those things where it changes your entire life perspective and everything that you do with your money. Nobody can tell me that having kids doesn't change your perspective on money. Um, so for me personally, one of the things that is a, that is a priority for me is being able to be work optional at some point in my life. I've always felt that I never wanted to be forced to stay in the workforce beyond the time that I wanted to stay in it just because of money. So that's one of the, the guiding principles for me right now is making sure that I'm saving for the long term so that God, you know, willing at 70 years old, at 75, I'm not having to work unless I want to, unless it's something that I still enjoy. Um, but those things come up, you know, you never know what could happen if you become physically unable to work. So I want to be financially secure enough so that I can be work optional, ideally by the time I'm 50. But We'll see what the numbers look like after all of this is over. <laughs> but uh, we're being work optional. Also, just being able to uh, be secure in retirement to make sure that I have enough money saved up and invested to last for the long term so that I'm not a burden on my adult kids one day because I didn't plan properly when I was in my, my builder years. That's what I call these, you know, your builder years, your 30s, your 40s, your 50s. The money that you work for and build now is the money that is going to sustain you later on. So those are things. And also being able to pass down generational wealth to my kids one day. It's all about not leaving them a stack of bills when I leave this earth, but having some checks and some accounts and some things lined up for them so that, you know, they are financially secure once I leave this earth. So those are some, some of the guiding principles for me. And I think about that even now as I make my money moves, as I spend, as I save, because it informs every decision that I make. That is so amazing. I love how you broke it down, um, you know, in terms of just your goals, why, why they are important to you, right? And so for anyone watching this, you want to be thinking about what is it that you want to accomplish? What's most important to you? What are the things that you want in life? So being able to be work optional, secure in retirement, 
transition generational wealth. Um, that's a huge, you know, a huge goal of mine for my kids, just knowing where I'm coming from with my family background. You have to know what it is that you want, and that will help guide the objectives and the goals that you have as to why you're investing, because you're not just investing because you want to be rich. I mean, ultimately, what are your long-term goals when it comes to investing? And that's what's going to motivate you to keep making those contributions, to keep focusing on, you know, your goal and your plan. So that's really important. So I'm really glad that you were able to share that with us. Yeah, absolutely. Knowing your why is so important to stay on the course. So right now, um, a lot of people are thinking about their overall finances. Like this whole pandemic has been a moment of reckoning for many people. Many people are in the position where they're telling themselves never again. I never want to find myself here. I want to make sure that I have my savings, my emergency fund. I want to make sure that I'm investing long-term. I'm thinking about my future. Like people are just starting to just pause and just really think about their finances. So what advice would you give anyone who is just navigating this season and wanting to do better, wanting to get started with investing um, in terms of how to manage their emotions? Because there's a lot of stuff, there's a lot of noise going on, especially in the investing space. And I, I imagine that it will continue, especially you know when you think about the fact that before the pandemic even started, we were already on the path as a country to a recession, right? We've already gone through that high from 2008 and it's been like a decade. I mean, given economic cycles, it's about time for a recession. So as people navigate the emotions of just investing what they're hearing, what advice would you give anyone um, just to go through this season? Yeah, I would say definitely lean into those emotions and really be aware of them, you know, because those emotions are real. The fear is real. Uh, the sense of overwhelm that you have, those feelings are real. So don't just like glaze over that and just move on, you know, as business as usual, because nothing about the situation that we're in right now is business as usual. So I would say, you know, listen to your emotions and write it down. I would highly suggest people journal because being in this moment and then looking back on it five years from now, it's going to be hard to, to know exactly where you were mentally in this space. And so journaling, writing down how you're feeling, and then when you get into situations where it gets a little difficult, you can always look back and say, this is what I was feeling. This is how I responded. This is how vulnerable I felt in that moment. This is how overwhelmed I felt. And hopefully that will inspire you and motivate you never to be in that precarious situation again. Um, so that's one thing. And then just, just know that, like I said earlier, the market always comes back. I always tell people that, you know, if, if something happens and the entire economy fails, like your money isn't worth the paper that is written on. So, you know, I know it's tempting to be irrational and say, I'm gonna take my money out and pull my money from the market and pull my money from banks, but just know that historically it always comes back. And so those are the things that I think should motivate us to continue to keep out money in the market and not panic sell and uh, end up regretting it and kicking ourselves later on down the line. Yes, um, the market does come back. Sometimes it takes time. You know, I vividly remember where I was sitting when I logged into my <laughs> 401k in 2008. I had just gotten started with investing. I had saved the most money I'd ever saved in my life. 
mm-hmm. at the time and it wasn't that much but it, to me it was you know it could have been a billion bucks right and I saw my portfolio cut I think by 70 percent I can I remember how I felt I remember how my coworkers were reacting around me because we had the screens with the ticker symbols and all of that I could never forget and you know I was like first of all I don't know what to do to click or to sell so just delete the password and let's keep it right. Right, there you go. Take away the temptation to make any changes. Remove the bookmark. (laughs) Block the website. I'm not coming back here anytime soon. I just got to gotta get away from here. No, I don't want to know about this. So, you know, I remember, so that's really important. Just remember that there's always a recovery. It's, you know, economics. This is how it works. Obviously with the mm-hmm. pandemic, we don't know what the timeline is, right? We, we don't know what the model is because this is unusual. This is not your typical recession or economic decline, but right. Um, we know that on the other side of this, you know, things will recover. We just can't time the market. So just keep that in mind. And that's really excellent advice, Nicole. Um, Before I let you go, I have to ask you, what is your Clever Girl superpower? (laughs) I would say my Clever Girl superpower is frugality. And I think I I shared this on the podcast too before. Frugality is my superpower because uh, a lot of people look at frugality as a four-letter word, and I look at it as a way to get what I want. <laughs> I look at it as a, as a way to um, to fund my goals and the things that I want to do in my life. And so frugality always, uh, that's, that's my superpower. Yeah, and I just, I love, you inspire me, you motivate me with your Instagram with your videos because I'm kind of like half frugal, half yellow, <laughs> live your best life. And sometimes like, oh, there's Nicole's post going by. <laughs> what would Nicole do? <laughs> yeah, it's it's a balance. Look, it's a balance. Sometimes I do have those yellow moments, especially during a season like this, where it's just like tomorrow is not promised. Let me live it up. But I always have to pull myself back and just remind myself that, you know, there is a bigger plan. And I know that God willing, if I'm here in 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, that I want to still have some funds saved up for the things that I want to do. And that helps me to keep things in perspective. So it's, it's a balance to make sure that I'm keeping an eye on tomorrow, but also remembering to enjoy today as well. So, so important. And Nicole, finally, you are an incredible coach. You have an incredible platform. You have your YouTube channel. You have a lot of stuff going on in this space where you're empowering and motivating people and helping them stay accountable and stay focused on accomplishing their goals. So I'd love for you to share how people can find you, book a session with you, where they can learn more about you and stay up to date with what you're doing with your business and with your platform. Yeah, absolutely. Pretty much anywhere online. I'm at Frugal Chic Life on Instagram, YouTube. My website is frugalchiclife.com. And uh, you can go there and find me at any of those locations. I do offer money coaching. And uh, the biggest thing that I do is just offer motivation and also share my journey as a way to keep myself accountable as well. This this entire journey is not just, just about, about me, but it's also about motivating other people. So I would love for you guys to check me out. Thank you so much, Nicole. You are amazing. I appreciate you being a part of my upcoming book. I appreciate you sharing your wisdom and also being up this late with me (laughs) to record this video. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you. Absolutely. Thank you so much. 
So thank you so much, everyone, for tuning into this episode. I hope you enjoyed this interview. And if you loved the episode, but you don't yet subscribe to the podcast, you can do that everywhere you listen to your podcast episodes and head on over to iTunes to leave a review so that other amazing women just like you can find this podcast as well. Thank you so much for being here. I appreciate all of you from the bottom of my heart, and I will talk to you on the next episode.